Affiliate marketing is how awesome friends get rich on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by SEO Pro Lab, the company that I trust to keep ServNoMaster at the top of Google. To save 10%, use the coupon code ServNoMaster at checkout. Go to servnomaster.com backslash SEO today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm heading back to the States in a week or two. Depends on how long between when I record this and when this gets released. And this conference is all about affiliate marketing. And that means it's a great time to talk about it because affiliate marketing is all about talking your friends into doing stuff and get paid for it. And many of us, especially outside the pure internet marketing world, think about that idea with distaste or come from a place of ignorance sometimes. We don't understand how it works or why it works. And so what I want to do is share with you the concept and how you can implement in your life no matter what you're doing right now. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with someone online in one of my Skype groups. I have a Skype group for some software that I use. And so people that use the software sometimes ask each other questions because the owner and the tech support, they're not always awake. They answer questions pretty well. There's usually every day about a six hour window when they're not answering. And that happens to be when I'm awake because why? I'm 15 hours ahead of California time right now. So while some of the world is asleep, I'm awake. This guy started asking some questions and I said, he's like, oh, I'm looking for something to promote. I'm looking for an affiliate offer. And I said, what kind of stuff do you know I'm running? Some software stuff. I said, oh, another guy in the group has some software. Here's a link. And I forgot. And the guy even met who owns the software goes, dude, you have a tier two link. And I want to explain to you exactly what that means. But basically there was an opportunity for make money and I forgot about it. It happens to everyone. Cause I was like, oh, I'm just telling the guy because it seems like you guys would be a good fit. Internet marketing is, and affiliate marketing specifically, is where you're in that moment where you recommend something to someone and then you get a taste just for doing it. And the key is that it's something you would have recommended either way. Perfect example is I have sold so much Scrivener. So many people buy Scrivener who work for me, who work with me, who listen to me, who follow me, and Scrivener doesn't pay me anything. And I accept that. Scrivener is so cheap, they can't really afford to throw a taste my way. And there are some things that are just like that. Vellum, which I used for formatting books, doesn't do it anymore either. When they were in the Mac store, yeah, they threw me a taste. Now they sell directly. No more taste for Jonathan. It happens. So the key first principle of affiliate marketing, step one is that you just get paid for recommending stuff. And just as important, number two, is that you continue to only recommend stuff you believe in. If you read my blog as well as listen to these podcast episodes, and hopefully you do, you recently saw that I wrote a really long review about uh, Pay Kickstart, which is a shopping cart that I use. If you order one of my courses, if you buy anything from me other than clothing, it goes through my Pay Kickstart shopping cart. And when you buy something from me, Pay Kickstart is who handles the taking of the information, the connecting of PayPal or the credit card, and processing all the money. They kind of are the front end of it. And the back end, of course, is a payment processor. There's a lot of steps to it, but I've worked with some other carts in the past that I had some problems with. But I wrote a very extensive review. And the first thing I say, if you read it is, hey, if you're making less than this much a month, this is not right for you. Cost a hundred bucks a month. 
If you're making $1,000 a month, don't buy it. It's too expensive. You're not ready for it yet. There are other tools you can use that charge you per transaction. They charge a small percentage, and only when that percentage per transaction gets over $100 a month, then you should switch. And that's when you're doing like $2,000 a month, your transaction fees start to add up because it's one or two or 3%, depending on who you're using, or three and a half percent. So if $1,000, it's $35, $3,000, now you're up to 100, okay? So the first thing I say is to most people who follow me, it's not for you yet, it's someday. And that's a critical part of giving recommendations, saying who it's not for. You know how many people have signed up for Grammarly because of me? Loads. And I tell everyone to get the free version. I don't get paid on the free version. No money come my way unless people buy the $100 version. Most people don't need it. I happen to use the paid version, but I also run hundreds of thousands of words through it that I get paid for all of them. Makes sense for me to use it. Doesn't make sense for everyone to use it. Free version's good enough for 99% of what people do. So when you recommend stuff. You don't change who you are. Now, some people, when you think about it, you think about the really sleazy part of the market and this part of the market exists. And one of the other reasons I'm thinking about this day is yesterday, someone messaged me who hadn't spoken to me since 2014. I know that because Skype records every time you ever talk to someone, it says, oh, this hasn't messaged you in four years. And the last time they messaged me was to try and get me to promote something. And they did it in a way that I would say was a little bit uncomfortable four years ago, because I looked at the previous message. And in fact, in the previous message, the person was sort of touched. And this is someone who likes to be a middleman between a product and an affiliate. He tries to find people like me to get me to tell customers like you about stuff. And the last time he did it, it was uncomfortable. It was weird because it was someone I'm really good friends with. Okay? In fact, the person he was trying to do it for last time is the guy who owns and runs Pay Kickstarter, who's been my friend for seven years, who I've done business with in many different places for seven years. I thought, oh, that's so weird. This guy tried to get me to promote something for someone I already do business and work with, and it made it very uncomfortable for me. And he messaged me yesterday trying to get me to promote something that, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't promote in a million years. Many years ago, when I was first starting out, my followers, my first group of following online, would get really mad if I would send out emails or educational stuff. They said, no, just send us a list of what you think is the best thing to buy today. I had a very different following, my first following. Don't send us information. Don't send us teaching. Don't send us advice. See, I had a list of following around 10,000 people and I could see every time I sent an email, how many people would click the unsubscribe button. And every day it's like five or 10, that's normal in a small percentage or a fraction percentage all the time. People go, you know what? I'm tired of listening to this guy. It happens, same thing with this list. You know, same thing with people from Servant Master. After six, eight months, some people just get bored of me. That's normal. But with my previous following five or six years ago, anytime I would send out like, hey, here's three steps you can do to grow your business. You don't have to buy anything today. I would get like 50 unsubscribes. It happened a couple of times. I learned my lesson. I said, oh, people don't like that. Nobody wants me to do that. So I'm not going to do it. Do not insult these people with information. They don't want it. Now, I know you're not like that. You're from my new tribe. I definitely have a dual approach to business. But at the time, I had a following that hated information, which is the opposite of what I do now. Now, how much free information am I pouring out there? Podcasts, blog posts, PDFs. I'm always making more free stuff because I want to give, give, give. But at the time, I said, all right, <laughs> give, give them what they want. Let them eat cake. Give them bread and circuses. If you like a little older Roman quote. So one of the people I wrote at the time was, I would say, super hypey. There's people who put out products uh, faster than me. They don't do anything. They put out products and they're like $7, $17, $27. And they have a lot of excitement. 
and a lot of hype and then you buy it and try to implement it and it never works and just kind of give up you always 30 bucks whatever and this person's been in that market for about 10 years it's someone who i bought products from when i was first starting out and actually i did buy a product from that worked a long time ago well the first product from it worked then the next like seven after it didn't work and i was promoting him later on i said oh this guy's got a new offer and you guys only want to hear offers here's a new thing that came out today and so this guy messaged me yesterday and says hey will you promote this if someone's got a new thing and i said look man I haven't promoted this person in five years. There's no way in hell I would promote something that's all hype, all sizzle, no steak to my new following, to my tribe that I really care about. Sorry. And also the other thing is that this, I have a bad taste in my mouth because this person, this person tried to, to get me to do it before it was uncomfortable. But also people approach me and they want me to promote them and it's a one-way street. Hey, will you send me your customers? And then if you ask me to return the favor, I won't. That's why I'm not really in the JV world anymore. If you're wondering why I don't, if none of you found me through another person, that's why. I don't really like to get in that game where it becomes a favor wars. I did that for a while and you can make a lot of money, but everyone ends up with the same following. The listeners never hear a clear message. And so the success rate of your following goes down. You can make more money. You can squeeze more money out of people. But then after a year, people are like, man, I've gotten so many courses. I've been told so many ways to go. I don't know what to do. And I'm very cautious of that. The last thing I want to do is overwhelm you with different paths. That's why I'm not teaching you a whole brand new business model. And I'm just sharing you some stories about the world of affiliate marketing that I've experienced recently. So circling back, I know we went down a little rabbit hole, is the idea of integrity becomes a core principle of your business when you go into affiliate marketing. When you think about stuff to promote, you only promote stuff you believe in. If you stick to that core principle, a business becomes quite easy. Decisions about what to promote come quite easy. Now it can be tempting as soon as that stops being your driving principle when you go, oh man, I don't want to lose my integrity, but I could also have a $5,000 day. I remember the first time I emailed something, I didn't remember what it was, and I made $1,000. So I understand that. I was there before when I was young and it was kind of a balance. I mean, yeah, I felt like, oh, I'm mailing stuff. I don't know if it's any good, but at the same time, my audience gets mad if I mail anything else. That's all they want to hear about. So I was giving people what they want and it was making me money, but I've moved away from that. I have a more mature audience now and I'm more different. I've grown. I can be honest with you about where I came from. You deserve to know the truth. I hide nothing from you. So the idea of affiliate marketing is simply to find stuff you'd recommend anyways. Easiest place to start is Amazon, man. Everything you recommend on Amazon, you say, hey, check out this movie. You send them a link to Amazon, which we do all the time anyways, and Amazon pays you 4% of anything they buy the next day. I don't push a lot of stuff on Amazon. You know, a lot of things I usually recommend on Amazon. I think to you, I think the only thing I've ever recommended to you guys on Amazon is my books. So I'll say, oh, check out this book or check out that book. And then sometimes people buy a book and then they go and buy a TV or something the next day and you get a little taste of it. And what I want you to really understand is that there's nothing unethical about that. This ties into our talk yesterday about fear of success, right? Oh, if I do this, it's unethical. Or if I get paid for something I would have done anyways, it's unethical. Why? Why is it unethical to get paid if it doesn't change what you would do? Now, I totally understand where you're coming from because uh, there've been a few scandals recently about people doing paid reviews. And in fact, I had to, I got a message from Google asking me if I did a paid review and paid reviews where someone pays you to do it. And I don't do that. And also it can get close to that end of the spectrum, of course, if you're just pushing sales, whether you use something or not, but you'll notice I don't review or recommend anything on my website that I don't use. Okay. Yeah. I recommend pay kickstart for people that it's the right fit for, and I use it. And one of the things that I found interesting, I was looking at a new competitor that has a tricky name that sounds like something else that I use. 
And when I went and looked at this competitor, all of the reviews only had pictures of their website. No one had a picture from inside from actually using the tool. And I go, well, that's not good. So sometimes we see that and we think, oh, that's what all of it is, but it's not. Real affiliate marketing is where you recommend stuff you would anyways. I could easily do movie recommendations. I have a lot of opinions about movies and TV shows. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I like this movie, here's a link. And then it happens to be an affiliate link. That's really what I want you to think about when it comes to affiliate marketing. Whatever world you're in, it can be anything. If you said to me, what's the stroller that you use? And thinking about it now, I can't remember the exact name, but it's a fancy name. It's like Good Baby or, you know, it's got one of those really cute names. They all sound similar, so I mix it up. We have a ton of baby stuff here and it all has names like Good Baby and Sun Baby and Baby Kiss. And sometimes it has like a European version of name or Bjorn Baby and stuff. But I would go and look at it. I would find the link on Amazon. I would say, this is the one I use. And I would send an affiliate link. <laughs> Why should Amazon be the only one, and the buyer or the person who created only one to make money off of me bringing in the customer, right? It's a recommendation. And I mean, I certainly can't. If you really want to know what story is, it's, it's not the greatest stroller in the world. It's fine. But I haven't tried hundreds of other strollers. We saw one we really liked. We bought it. Okay. I'm not an expert in the sense that I've tried hundreds. I found yesterday, last night, speaking of affiliates, Last night, I was playing my PlayStation. My son and my wife were asleep. It was uh, late at night. I, I don't play very often. I said, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to use my headphones, which I haven't used in a year, but I charged them up. I have special PlayStation headphones. They're the PlayStation Gold headphones. And recently, PlayStation's come out with the PlayStation Platinum headphones, and I wanted to know if they were better. So I looked online, and I found a guy who made a video that was really, really, really informative. I actually was... Amazing. It's just a guy in his bedroom. He had the two headphones. He explained every little difference. And he talked about how they sound different for different things. He goes, well, if you just play games, this is what's good. But if you're listening to music, here's where I hear the difference, all these things. And the question really comes down to are the platinum's worth $6 more than the gold. And at the end, under his video, he has links to the products that are his affiliate links. I have no problem with that. He provided me with a great amount of information, very valuable. And in fact, this guy's whole YouTube channel it's just about headphones. I've never seen anything like it before. It's such a small niche. How many different headphones do people buy? I own, I say that I probably own seven pairs of headphones now that I say that. Now that I say I do actually own a lot of headphones. Oh no, I probably own 20. We have a waterproof headphones, Beats, knockoff, like Asian version of Beats. We have, I have work headphones. I have a headphones with a PlayStation. I have a headphones with a headset. I have a headphones that don't work. Yeah, you know, as I say it, I realize I'm actually at the high end of the market for how many headphones I own. Most of my headphones are in the moment purchases. Like I'm traveling to Thailand. I go, those look cool and I'll buy some. And usually I buy two pairs. So there's a pair for me and my wife just to be safe because I learned my lesson about just buying one pair. In fact, I'm also at the point where I need to buy three because my daughter always wants a pair too now. I don't know why everyone loves headphones around here, but I found it so fascinating that a person could just be a headphones guy. And really, he's just a video game headphones guy. It's almost all about video game headphones. It's very little about listening to music. And I found that so fascinating. He's reviewed dozens. I didn't watch all his videos. I went through a bunch this morning because I found it so fascinating. I watched this whole 12-minute video. And he was providing what I consider very valuable information because he's just explaining the differences. Why this one's good, why that one's not good, what he loves about this, what he doesn't love about that. And it's gold to me. So of course, why would I not want to reward him for giving me information that he didn't charge me for. Especially because if you go to most magazines and read a review, they don't cover any of the good stuff. They don't cover what you really want to know. How do they feel in your hand? What do you not like about them? Is this for everyone? 
Most large magazines and newspapers, whenever they do a review, every video game gets five stars. Every album gets four to five stars. They never say anything's terrible or they never say, hey, this is for certain people. I'm reading a detective series right now where the detective, who's I think in his 50s, is really into 70s punk music. And in fact, one of the bands he likes is a band I like. And I thought, that's cool. That's so interesting because usually detectives like jazz. Every detective book, usually detectives like jazz. The detective always has something. The detective always has something that they're really obsessed with on the side. Now, the punk music plays a small role in a really long book. It only was one scene. But I thought, oh, that's fascinating. Especially started naming songs. So he named a band that I like, but he didn't name my favorite song. He actually likes a different one. I said, oh, this guy knows more about this band than me. I've seen the band live once. And it's a lesser, I mean, it's a pretty well-known band if you're into punk music. But if you're out of punk music, you wouldn't know it. But it's great. I like when people embed their information and share real stories. It lets you uh, connect. So when people give real opinions, it's okay to get a little taste on it. So whatever you're in, whatever you're doing, whether you're talking about RVs or you're talking about history, there are people that will reward you for sending them new customers. When you're thinking about becoming an affiliate marketer, affiliate principles, and of course, I go to the nitty gritty. I have an affiliate blueprint that really goes into the detail of all the different steps. But this is just about concept principles. We only have a little bit of time together today. I want you to think, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. It's something I can implement in my everyday life. Because here's something else you can do. You might be just starting out and you go, hey, I have no following. I don't have a blog. I don't have a website. No one ever follows me. Here's what you do, okay? Every time you find something you like, you create a bit.ly link at bit.ly.com. Or maybe it's bit.ly. I think it's bit.ly.com though now. And you create a little link that's your custom link to that thing. So whenever anyone asks you about it, you can just say, oh, I'll send you the link on Facebook to the thing I like. And that just becomes what you do. You send people in real life digital links. It's actually very, very useful. In general, when people recommend something to me, I ask them to send me the link. When I say in general, I mean always. I say send me the link on Skype, send it to me on Facebook, email me the link, email me the person's email address. Don't just tell it to me because I'll forget. Don't just tell it to me on the beach. Send it to me by email, text it to me. And when you do that, you can become a real life affiliate. And again, you're not doing anything other than sending a recommendation and you're actually making it easier. When you tell me the name of something, especially if you don't spell it, I got to go Google it and figure it out. I misspell stuff all the time. There's a lot of products that have weird names. I was looking at something the other day that's a normal word that ends in ER and they got rid of the E at the end. So it just like ends in R. And so it's weird. And if you don't know that, then you have to spend a while finding it. It's really trendy right now for Silicon Valley startups to have names that are hard to spell. It sound like a word, but they're not spelled like a word, probably because all the domains were taken, <laughs> but it's really annoying. So I need that direct link. You can become someone who's an affiliate just in life. You recommend stuff, you mention stuff you like. And so, oh, where'd you buy that car? I don't know if car dealerships do taste. I've never uh, affiliated for a car, but probably there's probably someone who does it, whether it's uh, Auto Trader or CarMax, you can just find it. You just type in the name of the thing and type in the word affiliate. You can find someone who will reward you for giving a taste. Now, when you do that, you come to the point, you go, oh, you know, can't really recommend these guys because they're a little bit sleazy. Fair enough. Happens sometimes. Sometimes I see things I'd like to recommend. I get a closer look and I realize there's something weird going on. It's unfortunate. Happens. Not every business out there is worth recommending. Sometimes you see a product you want to recommend and then take a closer look. Some of the things that I use have really bad reviews on Amazon now, and I don't recommend them anymore. Oh, yeah. 
mine works, but maybe I'm an exception because it seems like 40% of the people out there have, get a broken unit or the new batch is broken or they update it into something that doesn't work. And so I can't recommend it anymore. I'm using a new app on my phone called Newsify. It's my new app for reading news. You can tell it all the blogs you want to follow. And every time a new post comes in, it shows all the new posts and mixes them all together like a little newspaper. It feels good. It does all the things that other tools promised to do and didn't. But then to remove ads and make it a little better, they want three bucks a month, which is ridiculous. It's way too much. I can't recommend that to you. I'm not going to post a link to that one because I don't think it's worth it. And I'm also still using the paid version, a free version. I want to see if I can endure long enough that I don't uh, have to send out a recommendation. Yeah, I would make a pretty nice payment, especially because you got to pay three bucks a month. They probably send me a little taste of that every month. But sometimes I use something I don't think it's right for everyone. I keep my mouth shut. And yeah, if you want to look it up, it's Newsify. I'm not going to actually post an affiliate link to that one. So we don't post affiliate links to everything. And I always tell you when it's something that I don't do a hard recommend on, or it's something that I don't use anymore, or that I'm not sure if it's perfect. Another thing that people have been asking me a lot about lately is ClickFunnels. It's come up in four or five conversations last month. My friend Russell owns the company, started it. I remember when he started building ClickFunnels, he told me about the idea. We started working on it. A lot of big companies use it. A lot of massive companies trust it. A lot of friends I work with use it. A lot of people I really trust and use it. So I can say it's probably good. I don't personally use it. So I have to tell you that. But I am thinking about it. I'm, about, I'm thinking about working on a big project with someone where we might use it because I think it would make it easier for her. And that way I'll l- learn it ins and outs and I can give you guys a better recommendation. So it's something that I tell you exactly where I'm at. I say, oh, my friends use it. I don't use it because I started using different tools before this software came out. That's the only reason that I never tried it. It's I was already using WordPress and about 10 other tools combined together before the software was released. So it's not a critique of the software. It's a critique of the fact that I don't like new stuff. I'm old. And once I learn how to do something one way, I don't tend to learn a new way. When you're thinking about the process of recommending stuff, when you think about finding stuff to recommend, you can say, oh, my friends like it. Here's why. That's okay too. You can do in-depth reviews. I watch reviews and unboxing videos all the time. If you watch YouTube, you can type in the word unboxing and there are so many videos of people opening stuff and it's really valuable. Right now, I need to buy a UPS, which is an uninterruptible power supply. Power goes out here all the time. It flickers where I live all the time. Sometimes the power goes out, there's two minutes and then the generator kicks on. All of those things happen. I have my desktop here. I've had my desktop here for a year, but I haven't plugged it in in almost a year. Because if one of those happens while it's plugged in, the desktop will explode. The desktop is super sensitive because it's a Mac and you can only use one particular type of UPS and they're quite expensive. I was reading, trying to find someone to buy from one. Actually, two days ago, I was looking to buy one. And then I read this thing and it said, it doesn't come with a power cord. And I'm like, this is a power cord machine. It doesn't come with a power cord. Are you kidding me? And that's why we watch, that's why people watch unboxing videos. When I used to work for the computer company, we would sell printers all the time. We would give away a $50 printer for free, and then you had to pay $25 for the printer cable. Now, those printer cables, you can buy them on Amazon or eBay for under a dollar, brand new, from the manufacturer. Now, you can buy them on Alibaba or AliExpress for like 18 cents. We're charging 25 bucks, just ripping people off. You know, and that's like a move. And that's when I first really got introduced to that move, which I never liked because it gets you a lot of angry phone calls. Why would you sell me something without the cord? It's just the way it is. The printer's free. The cable's not free. It's called a trick. <laughs> okay. It's called a business trick. It's called right on the edge of a bait and switch, but not quite to the edge where you can sue us. It's called, we're just unethical enough that we can trick you into paying more money, but not unethical enough that you can sue us or that we can get in trouble with the uh, SEC. That's what it really is. Okay. 
We call it Spade a Spade. It was 10 years ago and I worked at this place. If you're wondering, it's one of the largest companies in the world. That's why I don't want to say the name of that company, but it's pretty easy to figure out. They're the only one still around. Just videos of you opening stuff you buy on Amazon becomes gold to other people because they can see what's in there and what's missing. We buy stuff uh, from China a lot. I don't really have access to Amazon where I live. So a lot of times I order stuff from China directly. And it's oftentimes a different size than you're expecting. That alone to me is valuable. If I can watch you open something and see what size it is, that's enough to get me to click your link. It doesn't take a huge amount of, you know, 5,000 word review like I do for my reviews. Just you recording a video where you explain what's in the box can get you money online. People will go, oh, that's very helpful. I'll click your link. And they know I don't hide that I would have an affiliate link there. I never mask that. I always say, oh, this is an affiliate link or yeah, if you buy this, I get a commission. I try to be very apparent about that. If there's any links where I'm not transparent, it's not intentional. I just told you what I have affiliate and not affiliate links for. I recommend Scrivener, but you know it's not an affiliate link and I recommend Grammarly, but that is an affiliate link, but it's free. So is it really an affiliate link? You don't have to give up your ethics. You don't have to play games. You can just be, and you don't have to have a big following. I mean, you can just be honest with people and give people simple information that they want. My daughter watches videos of people opening toys and playing with them to determine if she wants to buy them. We watch a lot of Play-Doh unboxing because there are so many different Play-Doh boxes. You want to know what's in there. The big trick with Play-Doh kits, and we, I know this because we buy a lot of Play-Doh here. I'm kind of an expert on getting the maximum amount of dough for your pennies. We have the, the store here that we order from the online store has about 150 options if you type in Play-Doh. Nothing compared to Amazon where they have thousands. But each of them, and they range in price from like $6 to around $30. Now the pictures all look the same, but Play-Doh, the little tubs, the little plastic jar comes in, whatever you call that thing, the container, they come in about four sizes. They come in a small size, which I call BS, and then they come in a big size, which I call normal. And then there's two in between. So I've ordered before, and you open it up, and there's like three or six small ones. And I'm like, what the? But I found for some reason, there's a kit and I've been through all of them. Okay. There's one kit that has 20 colors in there of the big size of the big size. And it's around $14. So you're paying around 50 cents per container for the largest unit. I just bought like a six month supply. Whenever I'm one-on-one with my daughter, I'm working, I need to uh, entertain her. I'll set her desk up right next to my desk and give her a new color. And Play-Doh with her lasts about one to two days. She's four years old. She tends to destroy it after a day. She, you know, she, she's not sophisticated at the level where she's building really fancy stuff. She just cuts into the circles, pretends she's making me breakfast. It ends up on the floor. We can't reuse it. I, I looked at, believe me, I looked at making our own. I did look at the, I looked at the online recipe. I found the online recipe for make it at home. And I said, nope, <laughs> it's, there's certain things that you don't want to make at home. Same thing. You know, you, there's an open source recipe for Coke. You can make your own Coca-Cola at home. The only thing is you have to wear one of those masks like he has in Breaking Bad during one phase because there's one phase where you use a super toxic chemical. Okay. The, pr- the principle, the process of making at home Coke has a phase that's as dangerous as the process of making at home meth. No, thanks. <laughs> you know, like I'm not a big Coke drinker, but man, anything that has a phase that's like really scary and toxic and you got to wear gloves and a giant gas mask, I skip over. And the Play-Doh, uh, make your own Play-Doh is really, uh, it's complicated. Because, you know, Play-Doh is like a food. So you have to make it from, I think it's wheat or I forget the thing where you start with wheat germ and you have to bake it. And there's all these different steps. And I said, that's too complicated. 
If Play-Doh, if it was like way more expensive, it was like $5 a color for Play-Doh, yeah, it'd be worth it. So then it becomes the ratio of time and difficulty to price of the original thing. But there are so many different kits that charge different amounts. And some of them, uh, they all come with these extra toys and she breaks all the toys right away. We've got the one where you put it in the person's head and you push the head down and hair comes out. I love it. She liked it for a day and then killed him. That guy, she, that guy died. We had the ice cream machine, ice cream shop is dead. <laughs> Everything gets destroyed. <laughs> All the little toy knives that cut it up and the rollers, they always disappear after about two or three days. I've also bought my daughter about five doctor kits. She always wants to do doctor kits. They always disappear. They always get destroyed. I don't know where they go to, but kids have a way of turning toys and making them disappear forever. I have no idea where it goes. We can look and look. We never find it. So the accessories to me aren't very valuable. Now in a couple of years, when she's maybe five or six, maybe they'll be valuable again because that becomes the primary way she plays with it. But right now, it's just the colors. And so for me, I had to do by trial and error, figure out which of these boxes had the best value. And the only way to find that, and again, part of the problem is that here, the descriptions aren't very perfect. So you'll get a description that's not very clear because it's obviously translated two or three times. You don't know how much play is going to be in there. You can't really measure it. Sometimes measurements don't make any sense. I've seen where an exercise bike and a movie, a DVD, both said the same measurements. And I go, well, I know in real life, those aren't the same size. I've never seen a DVD the size of an exercise bike. And if that's a time. You know, and I've also seen where I almost bought a couch and then I realized it's a dollhouse couch here because they don't always say the unit. Sometimes you think it's feet. And in this case, it was centimeters. It was like three by five. And I was like, oh, that's a good size for a couch. And I looked a little, I go, that's a great deal. It wasn't a really crazy. It was like a hundred dollars and it was a dollhouse couch. So for a full size couch, great deal for a dollhouse couch. Wow. That's really expensive. It would be cheaper to buy a full size couch and invent a shrink ray. All of this, right? This is to show that for me, if you made a video showing you opening different sizes of Play-Doh and I could see what has the right sizes and what comes in each kit, very valuable to me. And we do watch those videos. Unfortunately, to see this, they show off the toys, not the sizes. So it took me a while to figure out which one has the right size. So that's something you can do, again, that's very valuable to people to get a toe in the affiliate world. Sometimes just providing people, here's what you get when you buy it. Because we all remember the first time we bought a bag of Doritos and we opened it up and realized it was 40% air. That feeling of, ah, oh, what? Are you kidding me? That feeling of, I've been misled. That goes into a lot of areas of business. And a lot of businesses thrive on that. And it's like, how much is really in there? <laughs> we all want to know that, right? How many chips are in there? So videos of these simple things or you showing things that you use and explaining them and why you use them is valuable to people. So you don't have to have a massive following or have anything special. People will type into YouTube product unboxing. And if you're the only one doing it, they'll watch it. It becomes very valuable. This is a way you can dip your toe in the affiliate marketing world and see that you can get paid just for talking about the stuff you own, explaining why you like it and what's good about it, who it's for and who it's not. Really simple stuff. And I have a previous episode where I kind of break down big principles of how to do a review, how to get write an effective review that people find valuable. And you can also see that if you read my Grammarly review, my pay Kickstarter review, you can see the flow where I go through first, you know, you give kind of the basics. Here's what I like, here's what I don't like, here's what it costs. Here's my stars and here's why. And then you can go into, here's why I even use it. Here's why I bought it. And it's very valuable. People love that information because we know more and more that major media sources can't be trusted. Right now, media in America is the, the most untrusted it's ever been. I think 18% of people trust news reporters at all. Now, this is something that I experienced about two years ago. There was a big thing in video games where it discovered that people were writing reviews of games made by people they were dating. And you could tell because one person wrote a really good review of a terrible game 
And then all their friends wrote reviews. So only a small group of five or seven websites and five or seven reporters who are all friends with each other were really positive reviews. And everyone goes, that's weird. And then they found out that the first reporter was dating the girl. And that's why they all wrote really positive reviews. And it was discovered that a lot of video game websites were getting paid for reviews, that people wrote a negative review of a game that was buying ads on the website, the person would get fired. And so I had to change. And I, because I was wondering for a while, I was like, every game on this website gets five stars. That's not useful to me. So now the person I follow, the reviews I follow are people with a very small following because I've discovered that larger, as a company gets larger, their ability to control their message gets smaller. And so whether you want to call it as an issue of ethics, for me, it's an issue of your review is not useful to me. The website I follow right now, and I'm iffy on them because uh, recently they wrote a good review of a game that I think is bad but they write a lot of bad reviews. They do a lot of two stars, a lot of four stars, and only the occasional four and a half or five star. That helps me to trust them because they have a scale. Not every game is a five star. Now, when I review books on Amazon, I'll tell you right now, I give five stars or nothing. If I like a book, it gets five stars. Occasionally, I'll do a four star, probably 1% of the time. That's it, okay? I'm not there to tank an author. I know what it's like, but I, do, I don't write reviews as well. I just click the stars at the end of a Kindle. I don't do written reviews of time. I wish I did, but I read a book a day. So my reviews aren't very valuable. I wouldn't want you to read my review of a book to determine whether or not to read it. I'd simply say worth reading, not worth reading. I thought it was okay. I didn't. That's all my review means. But when I read a detailed review, I want honesty. And because almost all media is owned by three or four companies, and this is, uh, they're all in business together. You know, the company that owns the newspaper also owns the video game company. The company owns the newspaper also owns the car company. Uh, it up to independent people like you and me to write honest reviews that regular people can read. So actually, there's a lot of talk about content curation and internet turning into fractures where people have really small audiences. There's a bunch of people that are predicting that the internet's going to shift instead of people following big companies to a bunch of people following people with followings of 100 to 1,000 people, a bunch of micro followings that are super targeted. And I can see that happening because for me, who I follow, I keep going, oh, I need someone smaller because once someone gets too big, the advertising dollars become a little overwhelming. If you have a large website for any business, advertisers have the ability to influence you. And I've seen recently a couple of cases where advertisers and websites went to war because they go, oh, we don't want you reporting the truth, so we'll stop running ads with you. It's an age-old thing. So because you're small, you are actually free from that. Because if your review is only covering generating $10,000 a month, which is a lot of money for you, it's not big enough for most companies to want to kind of come after you or mess with you. So there's a lot of opportunities out there and there's a lot of spaces where honesty is very valuable. I have to be honest with you. I found the guy's headphones video last night refreshing. He doesn't have that many views. He's got like 37,000 views for, you know, most of his videos have that or less. Not a huge following. And then he's got 5,000 followers on YouTube. And I thought this guy's great. His reviews are very, very, very well done. And they're all done from like his little, I don't know if it's a den or his bedroom. You don't see a bed, but it's like a small room. But the information he provides has a level of honesty to it. And he really understands things in the way I do. He sees headphones in the way I do. And probably if you watch it, you'd like it as well, as well, because he's very simple. And he says, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here, he goes, this one hurts the top of my head. This one hurts my ears. No one ever talks about that in a review. When have you ever read a review of a car and they said, oh, the seat hurts my back? They'll never put that in car and driver or any of those places, right? So we have to, to get true integrity, we want to go to smaller people. And that's why whatever you want to write about, whatever you use, whatever you're an expert on, the fact that you're an expert and the fact that you have a small following actually increases your trust factor. 
And that's how you can kind of jump into affiliate marketing and start making really good money very quickly. How you can start earning a little bit of money, telling your friends, telling people, and just some other things that you know about and trust. Whether you're opening boxes and showing people what's in there, or whether you're talking about why you use stuff and who it's for and who it's not for, you can start to make a really good living when you understand these very simple principles of affiliate marketing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.